Hello and welcome. This is Learner Journeys with Bastian Kastner. A podcast about the craft and art of facilitating learning experience design, companionship, enjoy the show. Presentations, exercises, books, and elaborate role-play games. There's a lot of educational methods out there. The humble conversation has for a long time been the silent star among them, though. Just two people talking, nothing more. Informal learning at its best, in a way. There is an approach that places the conversation as the central part of their educational programs and uses them to fight discrimination and stereotyping. From the Human Library in South Africa, Marty von Skolkweg joined me to talk through it. So my name is Marty von Skolkweg, and um, I'm a South African-born resident, uh, currently living in Cape Town. I do a lot of work with human connection, and um, one of those roles is to train human library volunteers um, and also facilitate conversational spaces um, around difficult topics or create environments where people are allowed to challenge some some ideas that we that we've been brought up with. So the Human Library is the international social movement where um, we have volunteers that is willing to talk about very specific topics um, of their life experience, where uh, usually topics that's considered quite taboo or maybe stereotyped, um, a bit sensitive, and we create environments where there's almost this. Uh, upfront permission given to have conversations around these difficult topics, be allowed to ask questions around it with someone that has lived through this specific title. So you would have a public event um, or now as we are getting into a new space where we'll have to do more um, virtual events uh, where you can actually sit down with another person and have a one-on-one conversation about something you probably never had the opportunity to talk about and find out more and um, through this environment, we hope that we create these safe spaces where people feel comfortable asking difficult questions, questions that might be a bit challenging or slightly offensive even. And through that, then hopefully create some understanding and challenge people's ideas around some of these topics that, that we don't talk about often enough. And if I remember correctly, you're not a trained educator. You came into this sideways, right? My main skill was usually just ruining family dinners throughout my life with conversations around stuff that apparently not everyone wants to discuss around a family table. Um, So I remember very specifically after another one of these dinners, I spoke to a friend of mine that has been working in, in some form of activism for a while. And I asked him, you know, how does he deal with sometimes potentially being the the party pooper in a in a sense of a conversation. How does he deal with that? And he said, you need to find a platform where you can live this passion. And um, so I started looking around at um, at maybe online courses for human rights. And you know, being a graphic designer, it is so far removed. Well, where I was with graphic design, so far removed from from that realm. So I felt quite overwhelmed. But then I accidentally came across an um, advert for a beer company. Uh, where they were talking about that people should never underestimate the power of marketing. Um, A beer commercial can actually change your life. Um, But they were talking about this Open Your World campaign um, where people with opposing views could still share a space together. And I found immediately, um, you know, me throughout my whole life struggling to feel that I have a safe space to talk about things I'm passionate about. 
or maybe allowing people that has lived experiences um, an opportunity to, to talk about, about what their experience is. Um, that immediately resonated with me. So I was very excited and I got in touch with the international organization. And um, I was very excited to get involved with South, uh, South African um, uh, chapter of this organization, but the, there wasn't anything yet. So I do suffer from a little bit of FOMO. And um, I was so scared that someone else was going to start it in a different part of the country. And our country is quite large, so it would not necessarily then be <laughs> easy for me to take part of it. So I just decided, you know, I've got the flexibility. I was in a sabbatical at that time. And um, I just closed my eyes and went for it. And it, it, it was such a rewarding experience. You know, after 13 years in graphic design, I still have imposter syndrome when it comes to that whole process. Every time I submit a, an invoice, I wonder why someone would pay me for graphic design work but when it came to storytelling and um, journeying around people and creating opportunities for people to connect it felt just immediately comfortable it felt like it was always part of of a story for me as well and so yeah here we are a few years later um south africa has, has quite a few chapters um running we've got more than 70 volunteers telling these incredibly brave stories and i have i've never been so excited about um, seeing how humans actually can learn through conversational experiences. Yeah, cool, amazing. So what do you think is like the crucial component that allows people to learn something that may be uncomfortable for them? I think one of the main things, and we've been talking a lot of, about that um, lately, um, looking what is working for us within the concept and I think the one word that came up a lot was the authenticity and vulnerability um, from both the people um, like like our facilitators getting people ready to share their own personal stories, but also when people get to events, getting ready to get into a conversation. When, that, when you are met by someone that is very openly honest about who they are, something about that um, backfire effect that, that they talk about in psychology where you know, your fear of being proved wrong of something that is so part of your core identity. Um, it's kind of like that gets diffused when people see, okay, everyone's just really normal out here. No one's a uh, specialist in the field. This is just people talking about lived experience. And I think that's something that everyone just wants. We want to be validated in our lived experience. Whether you have a degree in something or not does not take away from having had an experience and for people to feel like that would be valid and enough for them to tell that story. We've seen that that gave a lot of people courage to then sit, um, sit down and actually open up. And, and for me, part of that process when we start learning um, opportunities was, uh, and that was my challenge, was to show up very vulnerable and brave from my side, and but also very um, authentic. And for me, I don't like hierarchies. I don't like structural organizations, maybe in the sense where, you know, there's a leader and there's, um, and I'm also a bit of a rebel. And I realized very early on, if I didn't take that through, um, people would definitely pick up that I'm not being sincere. So I would open up any session and especially in South Africa, you know, I'm from a white privileged background and I'm in a demographic that is um, so far removed from my norms. And I to make people aware that when we sat down, that I know that, which was quite an interesting thing for people to see that someone can admit that and put that on the table and say, so I know that my experience is limited. 
I want to know your story. Um, and, and that was, for me, I think, in, in a lot of our learning experiences, such a valuable starting point is showing that I'm willing to be proven wrong or can be taught something as well, almost sitting down as a learner, part of an experience more than just a facilitator, um, becoming part of the process, saying that we're all going to go onto this um, specific time frame of exploring of what we can do. And and through that, I mean, I've never walked away from a learning experience where I wasn't challenged and learned new things. And, you know, if you can actually engage in, in sessions like that, I mean, anyone would want to become part of that. So, yeah, I think um, finding out what it is that makes you want to be in that session um, and being honest about that, I think, creates an environment for other people to feel that they can can, can be that too. And how do you create that safety that allows for that vulnerability? Like what are the ingredients to that? Um, I think when it comes in both a training aspect or when we host events, um, again, it's a lot of work happens in how we communicate upfront about what we're going to deliver. Um, there's a lot of uh, transparency from our side, from what we what we are doing and what we're not doing, what we want people to know um, where our priorities are. We make sure that our volunteers know that they they have a right to be there and they are valued to be there. And because of that, they bec become part of a belonging. So they don't feel like the other anymore. They become part of a, a place where it is okay to be 100 completely just them. And then also from people coming to, to maybe speak to some of these volunteers, um, from the moment they meet someone there, there is kind of a um, almost a admittance that they're there because they want to know something or they don't agree with something or that they have a shared experience. So it's also a bit of a commitment from their side. They are also exchanging some form of vulnerability in that moment. And when we greet them with authenticity, we show them that, um, you know, there is no judgment from whatever reason they are there for, um, it, it's amazing to see that people really get excited about going into a, quite a difficult space. So a lot of work around the way we communicate, the way we welcome people, and the way we validate an individual when they walk through the door. I think there's a um, there's something about us to want to be seen as an individual, whether you um, whether you're on either the reader or the volunteer side. Um, just to, to be validated that you're okay to be there in whatever format that is. So for, for us, that's a long part of the journey. And then also um, showing from our side that we are aware of our, our ignorances as well, our vulnerabilities. So a lot of the times I will in a meeting say, you know, guys, you must remember I come from an environment where I have access to transport. I have... Um, it's easy for me to arrive at an event early and I don't think about those terms when we organize events. I need people to bring their skill set or their, their um, what previously would have been considered their lacking or their disadvantage is making us a better institution when they help us with that. So we have people um, with disabilities making us aware that our events aren't always accessible. Um but we needed to show that we want them to share that with us and that we won't be offended by it. And to see how that has made us a more inclusive, and especially in a country like South Africa, a more inclusive organization, um, that sensitivity we have 
makes people feel that whatever they bring to the table will be okay. It will be accepted um, and they will be included. And, and I think it's about belonging. Uh, people always just want to feel like they belong as an individual in their own sense. You spoke about the importance of the way how you welcome people and the way how you make people feel seen. Very concretely, like what is the way? I think for us as a team and for me specifically, it was finding those spaces that makes who we are um, good in what we do in those moments. So I get very energized when I start working with people. I get very excited. My Literally, I have people that tell me I, I need to walk slower because I get really excited. That is my passion. And, um, and so at an event, I will be the one running between people and actually going, hey, how was your session? And running to our volunteers and asking them. But because it's my passion, they really do see that when I do give attention to them, that is, it's intentional. Um, whether it is within a few seconds, I do make sure that I make a connection. I do make sure that I um, consider what they are going through. A big part of our training is even when we train some of our volunteers that help from an um, administration point of view is bringing them in when our volunteers share their stories to realize the weight that these volunteers are going to deal with at an event, the, the exhaustion they're going to deal with. So everyone buys into what everyone is bringing. So uh, we've got someone on the team that is very good with administration and logistics. So she will be in the area where that is required of her. And immediately that takes pressure off the rest of the team, which allows everyone else to be good at what they're good at. And so I think for, for, for that to happen is everyone needs to just really check what it is, why they are there. Um, if for me, it's for the people and getting excited about what's about to happen. So for me, I should be between the people and, and welcome people because it will be effortless for me to make them feel that I'm seeing them because I really do. Where if you're an introvert and that's not your space, but you are really good at logistics, you know, finding a place, and maybe that's the thing, is um, finding a place for every person's unique personality and somehow all of that translates to whoever shows up in that space, that whatever you are, there is a space for you. You don't always have to be the first one to share information, but there will be a time for you to share it in a way that, that makes you comfortable. Um, the, the thing that happens and that we realize is that this will sometimes force us to make decisions around quality instead of quantity. So it is easy for us. We've got a lot of people interested in the concept, but having um, considering the topics that we work with and because it's such an um, in intensive internal process, we keep our training sessions small so that people have time to share, they, they feel seen, we have time to make a personal connection, and they also feel like they're part of like a small family almost. Um, but it's very intentional. But that means we we train at a slower rate. So there's a, a level of patience needed to make sh to understand that we won't be changing the world quickly, but we will do it intentionally. And um, because if you do that, you get the buy-in and the people stay. If, if you feel like you're valued and your skills or your personality is valued for what it can bring to an organization, and you don't get forced to do something that is not necessarily your skill set, you will stay and you will show up because it speaks to who you are. And I think that a lot 
there's been a, a big space lacking for us to consider that there is different ways of doing things. Um, you know, we look at certain structures that work and think that's the way every organization should work. That's the structure every organization should have, as opposed to seeing who's the people that's getting together and how do we make it work within that. Um, for us as South Africans, we've seen the challenges we have as a country in terms of the international organization, how different it is for us. We had to very specifically relook um, the fact that South Africans kind of as a um, starting point is very more, um, they take a lot of time to share a story, as you will probably notice even when I talk. We, we give a lot of information, we give a lot of background. Uh, the narrative is what it's about for South Africans, which means, you know, sometimes we have to consider how our time is different. Um, we might consider that one of our volunteers has cerebral palsy. It's very difficult to speak to him. So his session should be longer because we to get the quality, it should be okay that he has a longer time. So there's, there's a level of flexibility needed, which is difficult to maintain, but that's what's important for us. And that's why the space feels safe for each individual. In this time, what have you learned about like the, the human nature or the the capacity and incapacities of humans to 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 go intellectually or to go emotionally to places where they may from their own volition maybe not want to go what are the the things that you've learned about that um i, I think i've been mostly surprised especially in south africa especially considering our, our history um, how excited and ready most people are that show up to, to our type of events. It's like we know there's a conversation that needs to happen. There's a lot of people that want to have those conversations. And to finally hear that there's a place where it is encouraged, people are, are, are really excited about that. Um, I think we've seen and tried so many other things that doesn't seem to work that It doesn't take a lot for people to want to go here. Um, there's a big need for people to connect on a deeper level than what, what we usually talk about on the outside sphere. And and the, the need to find a place where you can belong. Um, the disconnect in society in South Africa, especially because we are physically still segregated in many ways. You know, we've got areas that is still completely connected to our apartheid history. So for you to get the opportunity to speak to someone from a different background, from a different language, from a different culture, that is actually from the same South African pot that we are, we are one nation, yet there is someone that you have never experienced a similar culture. To get an opportunity to cross that barrier is actually very exciting for the majority of people. And I think that is something that gave me a lot of hope um, in, in terms of South Africans is there is more people that is excited and just want to understand and just want to find out what the other is more than being upset or angry or against the other. So um, for us, it was just to very um, casually and, and on a and very open and transparent way communicate that this is what we do. We tell people that, You, you can ask insensitive questions, not to be insensitive, but to get past those things that we weren't allowed to talk about. And we make sure they understand that our volunteers want them to ask that. Um, 
So it's a lot about the almost the um, upfront permissions given mm. to be human and that it is okay <laughs> because we are, we're, we're a very apologetic nation as well. You know, we're always so sorry. We say sorry a lot for everything. And um, like, I feel the need to apologize for talking so much. And um, so, so you, we are so scared also because of our sensitive nature and history that you're going to offend someone by asking something that you don't know even if it's offensive or not. So we just don't ask. But that means we also just don't don't meet. And I, I remember for, from my own experience, one of our training sessions, our, our volunteer on cerebral palsy um, arrived and he literally had a, a lady with him that pretty much understands the sounds he makes to translate what he's saying. And I realized I grew up in such a, I want to call it protective, which is the wrong word for it, but um, excluded um, lifestyle that I've never been confronted with a moment where I had to find out how this sharing information between two people that literally can't understand each other should happen. And I remember I actually wanted to just go and need to do something else somewhere else. And I realized our volunteers are so brave. I should probably get, you know, stand up into the moment and actually just face that fear because this is what we're doing. And my first question was just going, I don't know how to do this. I literally just went, my first word was, hi, I don't know what to, how to do this. Do I talk to you? I don't want to be disrespectful to him. Do I look at him? But talk to And I just admitted all of that out in the open and they both laughed and we immediately went into this humorous conversation, which most South Africans also are. It's, it's a lot of humor going around. And um, it's beautiful to see that. So for me, a, a big a big learning in the past two and a half years is the compassion we actually have for each other and how a single conversation can get the buy-in where, you know, I always thought, yes, I've got empathy for people from other areas. I've got, I, I want people to live better. But our, our constitution actually talks about how our rights are connected to your neighbor's rights. So you can't, you can't want to demand a specific right if you're not advocating for your neighbors as well. And suddenly when you have a conversation with someone from a very different background and you understand how their environment had an impact, their, their lack of having of certain things had an impact, um, because of that intimate space, you really buy into the person that you spoke to. And suddenly now the gangsterism in the Cape Flats is important to me, not just because it's a, a massive impact on our society, but I've got friends living there now. Um, I've got someone that I call by name, and now it's important because I have a name in the Cape Flats. And how, how do I help them from my point of view when I talk, when I speak about that area, when I share something on social media? There's a different buy-in because of that human connection we made and so for me that's beautiful to see that it's that's the majority of the time that is what happens in conversations like that if someone who is not running human library but is helping other people learn in other spaces like in a in a classroom or in a training room or in a in a conference or wherever if they could learn one thing from your experience or from the human library methodology what do you think is like a transferable insight about the human capacity to learn 
that you think is transferable to other spaces as well? Well, if, if I look at maybe my own story or my experience, um, I, I'm not a professional in, in training, facilitating. I have no official piece of paper, but um, for some reason in the past years, we've we've had successful moments within training sessions where there, there was a learning for, for me and, and also the people participating. And I think um, if if you want people to learn something, um, you have to be honest with yourself about why you're there and and find the way that it is obvious um, that that passion that passion does a lot of the work. Um, it, it's, it, it transfers information a lot more easier when someone can see that you are there because you are um, passionate about what you're talking about. You are um, showing up in just your own capacity and and I think that the, that authenticity aspect is a thing that has helped me a lot in the past you know I would walk into a meeting where I felt completely overwhelmed by the people sitting around a table that has years more experience than me in a lot of the fields of the topics that we were talking about and I realized that you know I can't fool anyone but no one can tell me that the passion's not there and by just By just showing up in that format, that was enough. And and apparently people can take something from that. So I think for me it is find out that that thing that makes you passionate and good at what you want to do. And just just be run with that. Make that the, the thing you open with. Make that the thing that if anyone walks out there, they can go, listen, this person has no idea what they're talking about, but while they're passionate about it. You know? <laughs> um, and maybe that's just a rebel in me that that feels um You know, there's a lot of access to information out there. You can Google most yeah. topics. But there is something about listening to someone talk about something that they're passionate about, whether you agree or not, um, that no one can take away from. And if you can go in there, if you're authentic, no one can tell you that your experience is wrong. They can't tell you that what you, you feel about the topic is not real because it's your own personal lived experience. And I think maybe we need a bit more of that at the moment. Um, We, we connect as humans and, you know, if you're okay to learn something out of your own training experience, it's a good place to start a session. It's, it's, it's knowing that you probably walk out of there and if you allow other people to be themselves um, and show them that it's okay to be themselves, you'll also walk out with, with an experience yourself. And if, if you have a buy-in for yourself in the experience, then it's a win for everyone. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, one word, authenticity. It's very hard authenticity, right? It's um, to be authentically yourself in a context where you have been given the responsibility to guide other people's learning process. It's um, it can feel quite heavy. So, uh, do you have any thoughts around that? Oh yeah, I think I, I think if you can. From the get-go, accept that you are at some point going to disappoint yourself or um, or disappoint other people or not be liked because of your opinion or your approach to certain things and realize that, you know, there's a lot of people out there in the world and there's a lot of different trainers out there in the world. And yeah. uh, I remember that the friend of mine that actually said, you know, find your platform and find a place where you can live out this passion. He, he used to also say 
go with the people in the same flow as you, you know, and the rest will follow. The people will, if, if the movement's there, if there's people looking at it and they go, oh, this is, I, I get what they're doing. I want to be involved. Um, and maybe we should approach training like that where we, where we go, you know, my style might not fit everyone in this room, um, but that would be impossible. And, and there will be someone maybe walking out going, oh, I learned nothing out of it. And that is okay. I think it's easy for us because a lot of it happens for us where there's not a um, financial value allocated to the yeah. exchange. So people don't go, I just spent this much of mon- this amount of money and I don't feel I had a value out of it. And if we can, if we can learn that it is okay, that that will happen and that you didn't guarantee that your personality is going to be whoever they thought it was going to be, that that is also part of a human experience, and that should be okay. So I think uh, it's just acceptance that you, you aren't always going to be liked, and, um, and that's okay. So, right. But for everyone, that is difficult. That's why, as a human being, that is the first thing you want is that acceptance. So, yeah. But it, it, you can't force it. You can try and be yeah. neutral and... Um, but yeah, passion, the passion will override pretty much all of it. And a lot, a lot of people also will have a lot of um, grace if you disappoint them with you, if you were authentic about it. I've seen that okay. as well, you know, um, where in that moment where I saw that something wasn't maybe what someone expected, I would be very open about, I'm sorry if we maybe miscommunicated around this, if there was a misunderstanding. And because I would never intentionally want to you know disappoint someone and just being open about that or transparent about that being vulnerable well people will then very easily go it's okay so um, it's a potent combination and people really um, they prefer that as opposed to someone that seems to know it all and um, I think if you're even as a facilitator or a trainer or even someone part of a learning experience can go I can be corrected afterwards but it doesn't um, make what I'm feeling right now less valid and if we can create that space where other people also feel that they can have an opinion be proven wrong and it's okay we're not going to judge you just on your worst comment um, or your yeah. worst example or idea um, that we will be a much more generous um, group of humans maybe and we'll probably learn a lot more out of those experiences as opposed to someone keeping quiet because they're scared they won't get that opportunity so if you could uh decide where people go on the internet after this after listening to this conversation is there some place where you'd want people to check something out is there something that you would like to guide people's attention to um, obviously, I would always encourage Human Library South Africa just because of the incredible volunteers that we have working through that, um, the, the amazing work that gets done through that network as well. And there's a lot of storytelling. Um, so I'm always very passionate about that. And a lot of my learnings came from that opportunity. Um, but yeah, I think I, I actually thought about this for a while now. It, there's been one or two things across my, my path that showed me how we as a human um, collective actually, um, there's this similarity that we all have. And and one of those things that I actually found very interesting, I don't know if you've ever heard of postsecret.com. Very interesting site 
um, that was started by this guy, actually as part of a project where he encouraged people to share a secret anonymously by sending a, a postcard to him. Yeah, and so he published this. Yeah, he published this postcard and something. And and I think sometimes for me, um, I encourage people to go and visit that site purely because it it shows how human a lot of us are. Um, and and even before a learning experience for me to remember when I'm gonna get there and someone is late, that instead of being annoyed, I have to remember that there's a human behind that and hold that space for someone that's maybe struggling with something that maybe had a rough night, that just didn't have a public transport, whatever. Um, kind of like a checking point. So post-secret is just this place where I sometimes wonder the person that's sent in this secret is it's maybe a CEO of a company or it's a guy living next door from me or whatever. And it, it just kind of um, – and I always like to promote it just because I think it's a really good cause for, for humans to remember, especially in a time like this maybe, um, that we're all dealing with things and we all have lived experiences and it's valid. That was beautifully put. And I'm so glad that you shared your lived experience with me today and and with the listeners of Learner Journeys because it's really very inspiring. And I'm so glad that you watched that beer commercial a couple of years ago and that it set you on this path, that it opened up this journey for you that it led you to jump into this unknown, into this new field and that you made such a remarkable impact on your community and on all the people that get to participate in whatever form in the human library in South Africa and, and elsewhere. So thank you very much, Madi. It was, it was beautiful to listen to you and to listen to your story and to be on your path for a little while with you. Yeah, and that's it for this episode of Learner Journeys. Today we had Marty von Skolkweg from South Africa, and I'm looking forward to the next time you allow me and my next guest into your ear. And until then, have a lovely day, and... Bye.